Good evening, welcome to another edition of the Gels Net Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast by fans for fans, where all the content is absolutely free. Coming to you in association with Forest Precision Engineering. I'm your host tonight, Brian Archon. As always, we would encourage you to get onto the Gels Net website and check out our forums for all your latest Rangers news and discussion. We're live tonight on the YouTube channel and we would ask that you continue to share the pod on social media, spread the word and please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Before I introduce my guests for tonight, I need to give another mention to our partners over at Forest Precision Engineering. They're a Glasgow-based engineering company who have been a big commercial supporter of Rangers for a number of years and we're delighted to have them supporting the pod. If you want more information about them, please visit their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. They also have a stunning executive lounge in the Ibrox Bean Stand. For more information on that, email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Right, now bringing my guests. Joining me tonight is firstly the master of the post-match reaction pod, Mr. Alex Anderson. Alex, how are you doing? I've just managed to get myself unmuted. That just sums up how I'm doing, Brian. Thank God Rangers are a bit more efficient than myself. Um, I got a bit of cold, mate. Feeling uh, physically an absolute wreck, but spiritually flying high, just like the rest of us, I think. How's yourself, mate? Yes, very well, very well. I'm sure uh, Rangers would have done wonders for your uh, mood last night. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Different class. Yeah. Uh, also joining us tonight, we've got David Fraser. David, how's things? Not bad, Brian. Good evening, Alec. Good evening to the, the viewers and the listeners. Point after last night's proceedings, needless to say. Yep, good, good. Uh, I'm sure the listeners wanted to guess what we need to talk about. We'll um, start with uh, the game last night. Alex, just first of all, just what were your overall thoughts on the game before we dive into the detail? Yeah, balls, mate. Just, just huge, huge bouncy balls, big pairs of balls. Now, remember the Celtic fans with the, the balls on the park at Ibrox? Uh, you'll not remember it, probably too young. Before they went to Seville, this, this city called Seville 2003, they came to Ibrox knowing they were going to go to Seville in a European final, all these bouncy balls. And then we went out there last night. Celtic didn't win that game, but they were still world champions. But um, we went out there last night and uh, we, had the, we had the balls, we had the big uh, hairy, big hairy balls, big sweaty balls and big dangly balls, the big uh, gargantuan gonads and the... You know, the, the, big, the big plums, the plentiful plums, and uh, we did the business. And I think uh, we, we had Bill Ball was, was pretty crap. And, um, uh, you know, uh, Geo Ball, whatever that was. We had Ange Ball, it couldn't win in uh, Betis either. But I like Clement's uh, Ball's Ball. I think Ball's Ball, <laughs> Boss Ball is definitely the best. This, this is the, the, the place, this is Andalusia. The bull fighting and all that. They've got the Osborne bull. You see it in front of Spanish flags. This big bull. It's all over Spain. This big bull with the massive dangly uh, gonads. And we went out there. We said the kilts on just to show them a bit of kind of Scottish scrotum. And uh, we done the we done the we done the total business there, mate. We first ever win in uh, in Spain against Spanish opposition. The first time a Scottish sides Rangers Celtic the Scotland team has ever gone to. Ever gone to Seville and come away with anything other than a defeat, and it was absolutely magnificent. And uh, the manager was absolutely spot on. Check out the size of the balls on those gels; it was fantastic, mate. Loved it. I've got to be honest; I wasn't expecting to be talking about balls this Friday night, but uh, we'll all night, mate. That's anyway. it. All, all night. That's all we're going to be talking about. You know. <laughs> that's we'll roll with it. David, what did you think of the game just overall? Um, without echoing Alex. Comments, Brian. I, the, the big thing for me was the fact that the, the side took the lead twice, get pegged back twice, and still managed to go again. So that echoes the managers and ex sentiments there about 
appendages. Um, so, <laughs> I the, the, the I thought the performance, given that you can clearly see, I don't want to, I don't want to start in a negative, but it's to try and contextualise what I'm about to say. You can see that there's players clearly toiling with that level of football. But having said that, they left it all out there on the park, and that's all you can expect of players who are maybe, you know, struggling with the weight of the jersey. So, you know, I'm not going to talk in any negative terms henceforth tonight's pods. I thought the players were excellent. They dug in. They gave us what we require as Rangers supporters going into big games to, to do their absolute best and not leave anything in the dressing room. And that's what they did. They delivered for the manager, they delivered for the fans and they delivered for the club. Yeah, they, they certainly did. Um, Alex, I wanted to pick out a few who I thought were kind of key performers. The first one for me is Dalasima, who again gets another goal. Holmes is scoring and sends us on our way. But to be honest, I'm not really sure what else we can say about him. Um, we've kind of no. said everything we can. He's, he's proven to be a real, a real good signing, even on loan. But can we keep him? I would doubt it, mate. I would, abs- I would, I would doubt it. I don't know how much money we stand to make. I've not looked into the figures, uh, how much money we make by going directly into into the last 16. It's, it's things like that today. It's, it's been a beautiful day. I, I was really negative in the build-up to this game. Uh, Philip Clement would have no time for me whatsoever because he is all but the glass half full. Mr. Positivity. Um, my, my balls were wee shrunken things, wee tiny things. It was They were right up inside me practically. It was really bad. The, the, the injury to Danilo... No, Todd Cantwell pulling out. It was it was all getting to me, and I was basically saying in the, the preview pod when I eventually managed to get that out um, to that game yesterday. Just get this done and dusted. Don't don't inflict any damage on us. Too much damage on us, Real Betis. Just get us through this. I want to get to Sunday. And we're really going to have to win on Sunday um, to secure our season. So for us to go out there last night and and do what we did and be absolutely uh, phenomenal in, in the way that we were, just just go at it. It was absolutely, it was it was just different level, and I think the manager, John Lundstrom, let it. He spoke about it in a uh, interview last week. I think John Lundstrom. He just said that the manager just likes us to get the ball forward. He likes to move the ball forward, and Abdallah Seema is right at the heart of that because he's always there, taking that ball and back and winning it. Um, I, I don't know how much I say that these are the things that are coming today. I don't know how much money we're going to get for getting through to this round. Um, I like the idea that it raises our profile again after the horrors we went through in the Champions League. Uh, albeit that we had to get as a club, had to get back into the Champions League group stages. It was a nightmare for us last season, the way that turned out. So to be actually finishing top of a European group again in the last night of the old group stages, uh, this season, it was just so beautiful. It was it was, it was poetic and it was just a real fillip to all working up. The, the morale at Ibrox, but also it means that all the goodwill we had throughout Europe with the, the pictures, that camera under the, the club deck roof during the run to Seville, now, in 2022, that might have filtered away last season with the scalpings were taken in the Champions League. But it means that prospective players um, coming this January, and we do need to reinforce the squad, even loan deals, whatever, they're looking at Rangers again thinking, not only are they in Europe, not only can they probably afford me, but my God, look at, the, look at what they're doing. They drew with Real Madrid on Saturday. They, I watched that game twice, Real Madrid drawing with Betis in that stadium last night. It took Jude Bellingham, who's the hottest property in world football right now, to score against them. And I remember England winning in that stadium, the Benito Villamarín, and the, the, the Nations League when Gareth Southgate was kind of announcing that he meant business for England these days. They went 3-0 up, they won 3-2 in the Nations League in that very same stadium as us last night. 
I'm not doing the, the better together stuff and like that, but it's I, I'm thinking of the Fat Les song, you know, the Ingerland, the kind of light motif is we're gonna score one more than you. And that's what we were doing last night. It was almost like get it forward. It's football I can understand. Get it fucking forward seems to be the the, the emotion, the, the the kind of tactical model, uh, the basis of everything Clement is doing. Because when we do go forwards and you've got somebody like Abdallah Sima, he's absolutely fantastic. But I don't know, he knows better than anybody what Rangers are all about, how exciting it can be to be going places with us, especially in Europe. Um, but I I don't know if he is going to be the kind of player we can afford. I think we're talking about, for years we're saying, was the seven million we paid Liverpool for Ryan Kent worth it? I think you're doubling that um, as, as a start, as a, as a lowest possible offer probably for um, to get Seema because Brighton will be watching him and they just see a guy who works back, works forward. He was fouling uh, Dial and, you know, basically for a corner for a, for, for, for uh, Betis last night. He's obviously scoring goals. He's, he's the first guy to properly attack, have a shot on goal last night. He's... Uh, when they brought it back to 2 he's the first guy to be having another shot on goal. His work rate that night, the shift he put in in Prague. He just, his, his application, his fitness, his energy, his humility, and then his, his skill, his scoring goals. He's calling them in for outside the box against PSV Eindhoven. He's scoring headers, brilliant headers against Dundee and Saturday. Nothing's, nothing's above him, nothing's below him. He just, on it all the time. He's a fantastic player, um, racking up the goals. And I just, I, I can't see us being able to afford them, you know. Um, but you, you never know. You never know if we, if we keep this run going. And uh, if we we keep going in Europe, then maybe maybe we can eventually make enough money to, to buy them. I'm not an expert in these things. Other people know a lot of transfer rumours, but it's, it's just, I'm really, I'm just really, really enjoying watching him just now in the same way I enjoyed watching Calvin Bassey when we got to the final in Seville, knowing that he was gone at the end of that season. That's the way I'm regarding it just now, mate. Yeah, I'm certainly not giving up hope yet, but I do think you might be right in that it might just be a wee bit too far outside our price range. Um, David, Betis equalised, and for a spell after they equalised, I thought they were really cutting us open at will for a good maybe five or ten minutes afterwards. But then um, up steps Cyril Dessers, and for a brief moment turns into peak original Ronaldo um, and scores another fantastic goal. The, I think I mentioned on the last pod about the quality of the goal that he scored at the weekend and then the quality of this goal. Do you think that could be a real turning point for him? Just not not just the fact that he scored two in the bounce there, but the quality of those goals and that they're not goals, they're not they're not deflections, they're not you know ones that going off your backside, they're real proper quality goals. And do you think he's starting to change opinions there? Well, it remains to be seen, Brian. But uh, I think that Cyril definitely deserves plaudits for his performance last night. He's certainly in the first half. He was he was he was good. He's putting himself about. He was making on the channels. He's making himself available as a focal point for the, the midfielders to, to try and play off and the, the side to move out of the park. And uh, I think you've got to give special uh, credit to Jose Cifuentes um, for his, his past. Now, we've seen uh, several instances he's, he's incisive forward passing uh, and the, the vision that he, he's capable of. And I'm assuming that that was the... That was what Michael Beale seen him when he said that he could take us to the next level. I'm assuming that, that that was the aspect of his game that he was referring to. Um, so kudos to, to to Jose for for picking him out with that reverse pass. But then Cyril had a lot to do. Obviously he had to burst forward, and then he had two defenders sold him a lovely dummy, and then 
As a Frankie was saying before we come on here, he obviously he definitely tried to make the goalkeeper. So, um, I great great goal uh, came at the right time. He obviously had equalised. He was opener um, quite rapidly, and then you know within the space of you know ten minutes, we went out of the park again with, with uh, retaking the lead. So, can that be a a, a a stepping stone to to seeing that what we suspect might be a the the serial dessers the the, the Feyenoords run to um, in the Conference League a couple of seasons ago it remains to be seen I've got my suspicions that he may well fight still find himself surplus to requirements but having said that the type of performance he put in yesterday will do himself no harm in terms of trying to re-establish himself in the minds of the support I think that goes for several players um, if I can just briefly uh, segue on to John Lynch so my tour strips off a John Lundstrom's performance at Petodre three weeks back, but then tonight, uh, sorry, last night, you've seen that uh, that's the type of performance that, that John's capable of. And uh, if, you know, the, the way he held it, the middle of the park together for, for large uh, parts of that game, if, if that uh, allied to, to, to Cyril's performance in the first 60, 65 minutes, if he can turn that into 75, 80, 85, 90 minutes, uh, and take the conference for last night's game and presumably Sunday's uh, game at the, at the weekend against Aberdeen, then then he might he might have a fighting chance of uh, extending his stay at Ibrox. Yeah. Um, Alex Davis mentioned there, Mr Thursday night, John Lundstrom. Um, there's been a significant upturn in his form since come on, come on, I think there's no doubt of that. So I've got two questions for you. Firstly, when do we bring back his song? And secondly... <laughs> Given that he's out of contract in the summer, is he worthy of a new deal? I don't know. I wasn't at the game last night, um, Brian. I was watching it in the house. Um, and I think there's so much going on in my head that I couldn't hear the noise. But I think the Bears might have been singing. I think that the, the song might have got resurrected in the uh, the stands of that stadium last night. By the way, for Rangers' first ever win uh, against Spanish opposition in Spain, and the only other time, that, as we kept talking about, we've won in Spain uh, in European competition was when we won the Cup. Well, Cup the only time we won a trophy one at the new camp, I thought it was a, a fantastic stadium to do it in. Not just because it's all green and it looks a bit like the Aviva in Dublin where the final is, you know, but it, it was it was proper that the shots were behind, that the camera angles were behind the goals, looking up to the, like the three tiers. It's that kind of, well, Mestaya and the new camp in the old days, those kind of big two, three tier uh, stadiums with no roofs along the, the sky in the background. It was just... It was just a beautiful picture of like the Spanish stadiums you grew up watching as a kid and being in awe of and to see Rangers go out there and just and do them. Um, just finally get a victory over there against Spanish. I thought it was an absolutely beautiful setting and the Rangers support there was fantastic. Um, they gave me a bit of belief as, as the team were coming up up those steps onto the pitch last night. But I thought John Lundstrom, I, I thought it's, it was fantastic last night and as uh, David saying, he has been fantastic in a lot of games recently since the new manager came in. I tend to see Lundstrom as a kind of barometer. You'd almost call him the barometer. You know him, um, uh, know the metronome, like Dimitri Albertini that you'd want, but I think he's a barometer of a new manager. When the new manager comes in, he's one of the guys, if the, if the guy's doing well, if Rangers are on a good run, he's brilliant. You don't know if the cart before the horse thing, is it because John Lundstrom is brilliant or has he only been brilliant because we are great? But in this run just now, we've had under Clement, we've had a few games where we've struggled um, and he's looked good in some of them. No, not Petaudry, obviously, as, as David was saying. But I like that. When a player can look good 
and good when, when Rangers are playing well and when Rangers are playing badly, he's, that's a, a good sign for me. I don't think anybody else is going to be coming in for John Lundstrom. I think it'd be an easy negotiation. Um, I think any suspicions that he's just playing his heart out just now because he's looking towards a contract renewal. I think the level of performance he's been putting in and the length the length of this good run that he's on kind of kicks that out the window. So I would definitely want to keep him on. I've just got my suspicions um, because, you know, like, you see stuff in the telly, somebody's been murdered and they're usually the first person or they've disappeared and the first person that they interview is their partner. Well, how many partners in that sitting too is John Lundstrom going through this season? I've got my suspicions about what's going on there. Raskin, uh, Ryan Jack struggling uh, probably for Sunday. Then the Sifuentes, before he could even get to, live, to, to, to his suspension on Sunday, he goes off at half time last night. And then Sterling comes on and he gets, you know, Abdi puts his shoulder to his face. I thought he was going to have a, a broken jaw, Sterling. It's getting to the point where there's nobody left to go in and sit. And that's sitting too with John Lundstrom. So I don't know if he's up to something, just trying to make sure he's the main man in that position. But uh, he's been absolutely fantastic, Brian, um, at this, this one of games. And I would definitely, I would definitely be uh, getting that contract renewed. Yeah, he's certainly the main man in that engine room at the minute anyway. Um, David, you've mentioned um, Jose Cifuentes there and you mentioned the kind of pass for Dessel's goal and we've seen kind of glimpses of that previously in terms of his forward passing. For me, the first half was his strongest shown in a Rangers shirt. Unfortunately, about the suspension and it went off injured um, at halftime anyway, but in terms of once all that's cleared out of the way, he's over the injury and he won't be suspended anymore. Do you think he can now establish himself in that midfield? Well, if he's if he's if he's incisive passing, then to go by, then he's going to bring something to the side, Brian. Um, I think, look, to, to try and be even-handed about it, I think he's seen um, passes of play last night where he realised he had to track back, you know, runners that are running off him or, or running off his teammates. Now, I'm not saying he's, he's, he's not done that in the past, but he's he's looked reluctant. And lethargic in some of his performances in the past. I think I think last night was one of the first glimpses we've seen where he's, he's actually, you know, been mentally attuned to the actual the role. Now it may well be that, you know, the, the, the position that, that Michael Beale and to an extent Philip Clemens asked him to play and that kind of right side, right half position, you know, to, to partially cover for, for James Tavernier, but also um funnel back and, and, and establish a low block if they're, if they're you know, trying to defend against a team that, that, that are maybe knocking square balls about the middle of the park and then try to cut you open with, with size of passing going towards the Rangers goal. If if he can can uh, go in that, remain in that upward traje- trajectory of looking sharp mentally and, and alive to the situation then uh, that's only somewhat of serial guess. That's only going to enhance his um, his likelihood of featuring as a first teamer in the, in the engine room in the long term. Um, there's other players that are, are likely to come in and battle for his place. Is he considered a first pick when everyone's fit? Again, you know that's open to debate. But you know, similar things have happened. He's been to be the first Rangers player that you know through happenstance. Uh, and having been in possession of the jersey at the time, has went on to then cement his place in the manager's thinking. So, 
Aye, look, I mean, I've obviously uh, poked quite a bit of fun at him in previous pods and talking about his uh, his application levels and whether he, he should actually um, be fit to, to grace a Rangers jersey. But I think you've seen glimpses last night where, you know, potentially, if the manager can eke these types of performances out of him, then he could well be a valuable member of the squad going forward. But having said that, you know, as I previously mentioned there, Presumably, he's going to have competition for his place on the team, but that you know that may well bring the best out in Hobbs. So, look, you know, a positive result last night. Everybody chipped in, the subs included. Hosey played a, a, an instrumental part in, and obviously, us securing the victory because he played that through that beautiful pass through to Cyril for the second goal, and his contribution was what we, we, we tend to expect of a Rangers player in terms of. Apple, application and no leaving his teammates to flounder when you know they're maybe up against the wall and he pitched in so I, you know most power to Hosey's if he makes me eat my words I'll, I'll gladly eat humble pie Brian David does it maybe another, an example of um, maybe fans need to have a bit more appreciation of the time it's taking players that come from abroad to adapt I think it was clear when he first he first came in that he was struggling to adapt to the Scottish game I think some of the points you made there about looking, you know, lethargic and not tracking back. I think a lot of that was just him just struggling to adapt to the Scottish game and the pace of it. Do you think this might be any, you know, in, in a couple of months' time we could be, you know, looking back and saying, you know, that maybe he just took a bit of time to adapt. It remains to be seen. Look, if, if Philip, for whatever we can tell in, in Philip's brief tenure, he obviously places. Um, you know, quite a, a bit of store in the, the physical conditioning side of the game. I think that the Aris Lamassol manager said that Rangers ran about, you know, and that was quite uh, glaring to, to him as a coach, son, the sidelines watching our opposition team play. So if if that can uh, inform uh, Hosey's um, form going forward by a pre-season behind a Philip Clemmel pre-season going forward and not no, just before that we've, we've obviously got a winter training camp in Spain coming up in a few weeks time if he can uh, build upon his fitness and you know if, if the manager can get into his brain about, about being switched on you, you, you watch to just briefly uh, digress you watch some clips you watch MLS playing it's, you can see why he's came from you know that environment and maybe struggle to to to, to, to get up to speed in terms of players running off yeah, in the middle of the park. Where I've, I've, I've picked fault with him is that, you know, you be, he plays international football for Ecuador, so that's the highest level of football you can play, other than obviously, you know, the club level at Champions League and what have you. But uh, to, to see that kind of lethargy and, and, and mental um, slackness was, was disappointing, especially, I mean, you, you mentioned there it, it takes time for people to adjust to a new country, but you, don't forget, I mean, he played in America, it's not as if he's, he's came from a, a Spanish-speaking country per se and moved to an English-speaking country where it's completely alien to him. So the, the big thing for me was that he, he was taking too long to adjust to that, that you know, half a yard sharpness. The, the, the Premier League would have over the MLS, for instance. But look, he showed, again, I'm going to repeat what I said earlier, he showed glimpses last night. If he can do that, more often than not, and the manager can get into him, he's not going to have a lot of time in the ball, uh, a lot of the time, and, and, and certainly in the Scottish Premier League. 
Don't be wrong, there'll be plenty of times where he'll be required to, to slow the, the game down, and he has obviously the capability of doing that, but I think the other side of his game needs to be improved. And, and look, again, I'm repeating myself here, mate. He showed glimpses at last night, he showed the capabilities of it, and, and against a decent level of opposition. It's not as if it was against Livingston at Ammonville, for instance, like a few weeks back before the international break. That's against you know, decent quality opposition, guys who can run about, athletes that are fit, tactically adept at moving opposition players about the pitch in order to try and create space. And he, he seemed to um, react quite well and positively to that. So let's hope that he, he, can, he can improve further. David, can I, sorry, sorry, Brian, can I just ask David, you see the game at Tynecastle? I forgot about Tom Lawrence, by the way, somebody else, that as soon as he started being the partner for John Lundstrom in the sitting two, away he goes as well, uh, injured. And it was the Fuentes had to come on for him. At Tynecastle, remember he didn't have the he had to get the jewelry off. He wasn't ready. I, I don't know who is ready as a midfielder, you know, at that, that time of the game to, to come on the park. But I don't know if that maybe if, I thought he played really well that night. I thought he actually when he came on, it actually kind of transformed us with a bad start to that game. And then he was just he was just doing simple stuff, just being in the right place at the right time and laying it off to a better ball player as soon as he got as soon as he got the ball. But um, it's funny how for that moment to this week. It's, it's needs must. I know it's because of what's happening with the personnel just now with so many injuries, but suddenly we'd be gone in the space of a couple of weeks from Sifuentes, he's in his way out. I was in total agreement with you. I just thought he wasn't up to it. And yet, like you say, he was, this time last year he's played at the actual World Cup. <laughs> he was at the actual World Cup finals in Qatar. And then two weeks later, we're all sitting there on Tuesday going, how's that hearing going? Is, is he going to get the, is the suspension going to... It'd be great if he could play on Sunday. It's it, it's really weird, but I don't know if it's him coming on at time, Castle. He's not being ready. He's not being expected to come on. And he can't think about it. Maybe it's Brian saying, I don't know, coming from a different country. Now, it's, it's an English-speaking country, obviously, the States. Um, so it shouldn't be that too much of a culture class, but a big move for him. And maybe he's been worrying himself or whatever, a bit concerned. No got, a t- no got a chance to think about it at Time Castle. That's you, by the way, you're on. And he just came on. I thought he was absolutely great that night. And he's kind of, typically, he's pushed on for there. And his first thing that's happened is he's got suspended. And then he's got himself injured anyway. But I, I think, I don't know if it was, that's what's, that's what's caused him to have the wee kind of, the wee lift in his performances. You know? maybe, maybe it's been a joke. I mean, it looked, I'll slightly disagree with you, Alec, in the sense that, you know, if, if a boy's going to take beads off his his neck, you know, that should be done in the dressing room. Maybe, maybe Phillips fired one <laughs> up his rear end in terms of getting him a joke, <laughs> like that. Like, son, you need to be next. I think Philip was, was particularly impressed by the length of time. Hot, hot him by the back of the neck. I thought it was just a tactical exchange. No, no, it wasn't. Well, you know, aye, there'll be, a, there'll be an element of that. He's, he's probably been up in the skin at the back of his neck, as you say. So maybe, maybe he's just, he's, he's got into him in the last couple of weeks and he's went like that. Look, You'll be believing you. I think. I, I think to you know, without hogging a conversation too long here, as I normally do. Uh, I think the manager's good. At, I think he must be good at, at getting inside players' heads. I think a lot of the players have come out in the press and said that he, he seems very approachable. And I think there's been previous managers. And obviously, there's rumours floating about now about about how uh, Michael Bill was about the, the the training ground in later fashion. Sakala's interviewing. The, in the press there a couple of days back. So, Philip at this juncture, seems to be quite approachable. He seems to have most of the players on side. Uh, so, that can only help uh, in terms of building that level of respect. And, and I think you can see in how the players played last night that they're obviously responding to the instruction. 
And somebody that we wouldn't have gave two ball for, in fact, several players we wouldn't have gave two ball for not that long ago, are obviously, you know, reaching a level where you're, you're, you're actually having doubts about what your previous judgment was on them. So, look, more power to them. If, if, if they can keep on that upper trajectory, it's early days, I mean, like, it can come crashing down in short order, as we know all too well. Uh, so, look, let's baby steps. Tremendous performance last night. Everybody patched in. Jose uh, settling that first half, you know, I'm going to say I mean, absolutely chief amongst them, but, but one of the main protagonists in, in the, the Rangers' performance. And let's hope it can continue. Yeah, definitely. Alex, last point on the last night's game that I wanted to just touch on was um, the, there seems to be a real togetherness fostered in this team for me. The last two games in particular, we've noticed that a real determination in the team to really dig in and fight when needed and basically they seem to want to run through brick a brick wall for each other and David touched on there where Clement being able to get inside players' heads and I think it's something he's clearly worked on in terms of that togetherness he's talked in the press about how he wants a team fighting for each other and, and things like that Paris Limassol, which was obviously a disaster and was going to you know, see his rope into the conference league as far as I was concerned and uh, Big Phil just shoved it in my throat and then Sam Lammers because you're so tense because you know we're on the verge of a, a fantastic a historic result Sam Lammers just seemed incapable of hitting a blue jersey you know I, again with the tactics with Clement it's it's tactics I can understand I'm going to start doing I'm going to say to Frankie if we can do a wee pod a wee podcast called The GIF you know GIFF get it fucking forward because that's the tactics I understand and that's what Clement seems to be playing towards none of this uh, XG and transitions and inverted fallbacks and all, all this kind of stuff. It's the stuff that, I, you know, the guys like me, morons like me, shout for the back of the, the main stand, you know. Hit a blue jersey. We're shooting that way, Sam. Uh, that that ruined things the ball. This is the way we're actually playing under Clement. It just seems like, see it every time we let <laughs> Real Betis get the ball, they score. So we should go up the other end and score against them. It was brilliant. Just absolutely knocking it forward. But there's so much more to that. That only happens, like you say, if everybody believes in each other. And Sam Lammers did make a lot of mistakes last night. See, watching it back today, I realised that he's a runner guy down, taking the ball, dispossessed a Betis player in seven minutes and put the ball across to Seema to have her first strike on goal to get the belief going about seven minutes into the game. He shuts down the, the, the Portuguese goalkeeper, uh, who kind of his clearance goes a bit short and Tav's able to take take that and that's, that's the first goal set up. He wins, he's, he's key in winning as the corner for, I think, what leads to Roof's goal, the actual winner in the game. And he does a lot of things where he's he's just taking the ball and moving it on in such so quickly, so almost imperceptible. And we, until you watch it back, knowing that you criticised the guy last night watching the game live, he was a lot better than I realised. And I think, I think it's been commented on that a lot of the players were talking about how good Sam Lammers was. Uh, last night and a lot of us as fans today this morning even I'm going that's that's nicer than but blah blah it wasn't he? well A he was that good it, it was better than I realised but B is actually the fact that his teammates want to stick up from want to, they know he's under pressure and they want to but that's a great thing you know and, and the manager himself come on was saying who was the biggest Ranger supporter in the stadium last night John Souter he said on the bench big man's not getting a game but he's up there cheering on he, he, he was talking about how he, he loved that and I think it absolutely, it, it lets you dig things out, uh, dig out results at a time where they're not expected. Uh, and last night, what Rangers did was they knew they were going to make mistakes. They knew it was, it was they're playing against a team, as I say, who 
they hit the post in the 90th minute. There was only a thing stopping them beating Real Madrid um, on the, in the previous game. And those guys at the other way, German Pizzella. German Pizzella is a, is a World Cup winner. He played in the World Cup final last year. And Dessler's put him in his arse last night and then slots the ball through the goalkeeper's legs. Despite us all knowing that Dessler's has got no pace and what have you. I think the bit, the bit that summed it up for me last night was when Dessler's, for the first goal, when Dessler's takes the ball, he's back to goal. And I say he couldn't get control of the ball properly. I but he made bloody sure that it was going to go to a Rangers player. He was holding it off like a big Sunday league fat centre forward. You know, that knows what he's doing, doesn't have the pace anymore, doesn't have the hair probably, but he's laid it, he knew what he's doing. And I think that summed us up last night. It might not be pretty, and um, we're going to make mistakes here and there, but if we keep believing in the plan and we keep working our asses off, this is on, we can do this. And uh, you're absolutely right, mate. Uh, it, it was it was all about team spirit. Um, it will get tested. I think the big thing with Rangers is, over the past few years, I, I think it's almost easier not to win games that we won last night, but there's no pressure on us, I think, going to somewhere like Real Betis. Sunday is a big test, you know, for the real depth of team spirit. And the next time we go to Apatodri and it's one each or whatever. And we did well that day as well. We didn't start, we didn't lose focus. We, we, we woke up in that game at Apatodri where we drew one each. But when you can go and win those kind of games when you're playing poorly, um, that's a different kind of team spirit, a team spirit that's really needed at Rangers. We'll maybe talk about that later when it comes to the, the kind of Aberdeen thing, that the, the, the whole day having our psychology. Uh, but I, I think just now there's the makings of a great team bond there. And you see the way that Clermont talks to the players, talks about the players. And I think the Todd Cantwell situation, the way he made it, Clermont made it just enough of a thing to teach not just Cantwell a lesson, I don't think, I think it was the rest of the team. My word goes. But he went one further where it was like, I'm the boss, but I will not be vindictive. I'm not going to be bitter about this. It really helped that the two times he publicly took Todd Cantwell out of the picture, hammed in the semi-final against Hearts and against Famagusta. The guy he brought on to replace him both times went on to be the star of the game for Rangers. You know, uh, Scott Wright and then young McCausland uh, against Famagusta last week. But it was also, I think that the real key thing there was the next game, Cantwell's in at 10. He's like, I'm not going to be one of the managers who, for example, what Fashion Sakala's been saying about Michael Beale this week, that just gets rid of you because, you know, you've dared to test. He's a man of the world. He's been a, a player at a really high level. He knows what it is to be a professional footballer. And you, I think you can see that bleeding through the whole team just now. They know they've got a proper football man, a proper, a guy who gets them, who's been there, seen it, done it as a player, who's lived the life and understands them as well and is there on their behalf. He's always talking about how it's no about me. The number of times you hear Clement saying it's not about me, it's not about what I want, it's about everybody else here. Absolutely brilliant. That's bound to spread trust and trust leads to the kind of team spirit and hopefully on Sunday it's going to lead to trophies. Yeah, there's definitely a real team spirit um, forming at Ibrox and for me when you've got that kind of real togetherness, that's when uh, special things can happen a season. So here's, um, here's hoping. David, the one thing away from the last night's game, the one other thing I wanted to touch on before we get on to Sunday's match, was uh, the upcoming January transfer window. Um, this last night's result and the closing of the gap in the league make it even more important that we bring in reinforcements? And also, where do you think we need to strengthen the most? Neil, I've heard you off here, Brian, about putting me in the spot. You're nearly as bad as Craig Ray. <laughs> Jeez, oh. Right, anyway, right. I digress slightly. You said you don't uh, do your homework. 
The, the, you got you got to pay the money, David. I slipped to my tenor before we went on air, just to put it into his account, just so I wouldn't get that question. On you go, mate. <laughs> right, uh, undoubtedly, last night's result shifts attention and focus onto the men that, that sign the checks. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly, because that's just reinforced the notion amongst the support and and, and the, the wider British football public, and even even in Europe, because obviously we're, we're talking about a, a continental. Uh, the, the guy clearly knows what he's doing. I mean, he's been. I like touching some some salient points there about the the, the the difference between how he was handling the Todd Cantwell situation and and as juxtaposed to, to Michael Beale. He's obviously he's been on the block. You know, he's 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 seen all these kind of traps in terms of the the, the kind of player dynamics within the dressing room. So. If last night's result, especially, I mean, I, I've seen um, that old phrase, uh, a silk purse out a, a sow's ear being referred to with regards to, to Philip Clemmel's treatment of the Rangers squad. If last night's result doesn't reinvigorate the faith that the, the money men have got behind the scenes, that they've got the right guy that is worthy of backing, then I don't know what will. Now, obviously, there's big games coming up. Chief amongst them, and, and Sunday, one game at a time against the uh, again. Philip was was stressing out last night. It's obviously a big game at at the end of the month, um, but undoubtedly, you know, there's the last night's result. Number one, obviously, has a financial knock-on effect, a positive financial knock-on effect. The coefficient has got a positive knock-on effect, which is seen as leapfrog. Or chums across town in terms of the ten-year coefficient, so that means that any TV money is going to be that, that that's going to be that balance is going to be redressed, and more money is going to come our way in terms of uh, the TV money, especially the three-year drop-off. Um, so that is going to presumably you would like to think is going to you know maybe loosen the purse strings a wee bit further in January um, if we can get results. No, you know, starting with Sunday's game, obviously, that's that's chief amongst them. I know we don't dwell too much in that. But if we can keep the, the league form up, obviously, Europe's part to March. It draws in February. So we can forget about that and concentrate on the league, obviously, after Sunday's game. So, uh, aye, there's, there's obviously there's, there's areas of the squad that need strengthening. Um, unfortunately, I think there's too many areas of this the squad that needs strengthening, it's going to be about prior prioritisation on, on the, the manager's part. Obviously, we've suffered a, a, an injury with, with Danilo. Um, is that going to necessitate them in the market for, for a striker? He's went on record as saying he requires one, so you'd like to think that a striker's going to be uppermost in his thoughts. Um, I'd like to think that a centre-half would be would factor in as well and possibly given Nico Raskin's uh, truncated rehabilitation that, that a centre-mid might also factor in his thinking. Um, there may well be a left-back to, to come in and provide some competition for, for Borna Barisic. But, you know, it, but being this time of year, we can all hope for three, four, maybe five players. You know, that, that may be wishing just too much. But if if he can get a couple of signs that he maybe thinks are is worthy of a reasonable outlay, and maybe augment that with a couple of loan signings to get his, you know, to obviously the end of the season to to, to maybe give him a bit of breathing space in terms of next transfer window in the summer, then all well and good. But I think to, to try and come to the point, 
last night's result, and assuming that we we we, we see you December in a positive fashion, is only going to strengthen his hand when it comes to going in and saying, look, guys, you know, you know we've gave ourselves a fighting chance on a number of fronts. It's time to, you know, back me up and uh, deliver on presumably what they've promised them when they, they, they were going through the contractual negotiations when they, they came to uh, employ them. Yeah. Um, Alex, one player that's been heavily linked during the week for a return to Ibrox is um, Alfredo Morelos. Now, firstly, would you welcome a return? And you're a man of experience, so I'm wondering if you can tell me. Why are Rangers always linked to bringing back former players more than any other club? Uh, yeah, I don't know if, Brian, if you've heard of the, the famous sports journalist uh, Hugh McIlvany, just died last year. And he once spoke, he talks an anecdote, he spoke to Alf Ramsey, the England manager, uh, when they won the World Cup. And he was asking Ramsey questions about his, and questioned him basically. He was under pressure, Ramsey. And Ramsey had said to him, Have you ever played football? He's like, Oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, and McIlvany explained this, said, well, experience is only as relevant as the intelligence that's exposed to that experience. Um, <laughs> so basically, what he said was, if you put a potato on a ship that circumnavigates the world, it comes back a potato, no an expert on, you know, navigation. So my, I'm experienced, mate, but what I've actually got out of that experience, I would take with a pinch of salt. But uh, for me, you know, Alfredo, uh, just... You know, to, to further to further reinforce what I mean about my opinions and what they're worth. Yesterday, say about seven forty-five p.m. I we're running out of strikers. Alfie, he, he definitely knows how to score against Aberdeen. I would like to see. I didn't score enough goals against Celtic, so I'd like to come back and maybe get a hat trick there <laughs> in the thirtieth of December. After maybe even the first half last night, I'm like, who is Alfredo Morelos? We don't need that guy at all. They have that saying going about just now. A lot of people never go back, never go back, and that's nonsense because. We did go back with people like Alan McGregor, Steve Davis, even go back to Chris Boyd and Kenny Miller twice. And it was okay to go back to the guys because they had been applying themselves fully and doing a job when they were when they were at Rangers originally. Alfie, um, I was talking earlier about if you look, come on, being a player and, and knowing how to deal with players. Well, Stephen Gerrard was even more of a player than Philip Clement, and even he couldn't deal with Alfie. He took the, the, the piss out every manager he played under and I just I don't feel I feel as if he's just a a sideshow that we don't need just now and one that probably Philip Clement wouldn't tolerate and I think it's a I think it's a lack of imagination on our part as a support really to think oh he's available get get him back in it's a natural thing to do you know and I would love the idea of Alfie coming in and being peak Alfie and really going for it and buckling down and, and scoring a whole lot of goals and it would be lovely I, I do love the guy you know but you've you've got to know I love him the way you love a a, a, a psychotic family member you know what's going to happen he's going to wreck the house as as, as much chance you'll wreck the house as it is um you'll have a nice night with him so no I heart and heart no I would not. I would not uh, really touch it with with somebody else's barge pole, mate. Uh, at this point in time, but aye, no, no harm to him. No harm to him. I think it's just a coincidence that Santos get relegated for the first time in their history <laughs> when Alfie was there. I just, I'm not going to say any more than that. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, hey guys, on the small matter of a uh, League Cup final on Sunday, um, goes without saying, it's a massive game. Alex, I want to come to you on this one. You've often spoke about the journey back since 2012 and how the milestones on the way 
Is there any extra significance on this one for you? Because winning that trophy would see us complete the set of domestic honours since our return. Aye, that's that's everything. That's exactly it, right? That's, and I'm sorry. I know a great community we've got here at Jersey. A lot of people, and I know I've been I've been on a lot of pods uh, recently, and I know a lot of people are very very sick. I mean, talking about uh, 2012, and uh, it's not an excuse. It shouldn't be an excuse for me. It's a reason. And I think it is, I, I just think, yeah, for us to complete, have won every major trophy in Scotland, uh, and then suddenly you realise we've, you know, since, since 2012, since we were in the, let's put it this way, since we were in the lower leagues, and uh, for us to have won a lot of them again, and to have, you suddenly realise we've been in a European final, we've been, you know, we've been back in the Champions League group stages, we've done everything that Rangers did pre-2012, we're doing it again post-2012, it's on the road back. To, for me, I think it's 20 years, it'll take 20 years for us to get back to the, the, the Rangers that we were after that kind of uh, financial cataclysm, but the 20 years started in 2012, there's only, there's only 8 or 9 to go as far as I'm concerned, and I think it would be perfect timing for us to complete the set on uh, on Sunday, and I'm just obsessed. I'm really obsessed with us winning this League Cup. Uh, I think for that reason, as much as anything else, it's uh, we've, we've said this every time we talk about this competition on this podcast. We have talked about the fact that it was the Rangers trophy. It was it was the one that was in the bag. I was going to watch Rangers, you know, late seventies, early eighties, um, when we couldn't. Some we were threatening to finish fifth in that in the league sometimes, and that kind of we went nine years without winning the league before Sunnis arrived. But we'd always win a league cup every couple of years, at least. And it's I think it's really, really notable that since we've uh, been working our way back up the journey and all that, we've reached a European final and played in the Champions League. You know, we've beat Borussia Dortmund 4-2 at home. We've beat Real Betis in, um, in Seville. But we still haven't won the league cup. It's quite, we seem to be doing it, you know, arse about it in the comeback. So I, I just, I love that wee trophy. It, it, it just reminds me of, my youth growing up watching Rangers and it's been horrible going to Hamden as well. I think it would also, it would cement, it would start to turn, turn the story around in the recent years of getting to Hamden so often. We're getting there more often and but we've still as many bad stories on days on the south side as it has been good ones over the past few years. So um, I, I just, I think it's massive for us. It's great just that we've got to two successive League Cup finals. It's the first time we've got to the final of the same competition two years in the trot since we come back up 2012 and the, the League Cup would complete that kind of dirty job that nobody as a Rangers supporter wants to talk about stuff we think it's beneath us we're kind of embarrassed about having to do it but it's got to get done you've got to win it for the first time so you can win it for the second time and I think there's a possibility the way things are it's, it's only a possibility it's, 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 a, it's a really a really huge ask um, this season, but there is that possibility and it would just like the way we have come back since 2012. If we win the League Cup on Sunday, you could pivot on the historical fact of winning all three trophies for the first time since 2012, round to winning all three of them in the same season. You know, you, you're, you're on for the treble, basically, and it's as a stretch, a tall ask this season, but it's there to be done. Mate, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry if MDLs disagrees with that, and I'm not trying to rub it down, M, some, it down MDLC's throat, but it's for that very reason for me. It's absolutely massive and it means the world to me on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same, to be honest. Um, now, David, of course, we'll be um, Aberdeen that we play on Sunday. Um, we know that Aberdeen will be right up for this. This is going to be their biggest game in, in years. Um, for me, I don't really want to 
hear much talk about how Aberdeen try harder against Rangers or up their game. Um, I think we need to kind of bin all that talk before and after the game, regardless of the result. Um, for me, this is just all about us. We need to accept, if, if Aberdeen up their game against Rangers, then we need to just accept that and it's, it's on us to turn up and do the business. Um, how do you see this one going? Well, like you, it's, it's imperative that Rangers win on Sunday, Brian. Um, yeah, again, it's about mindset. They've, they've had a false start uh, in the game there a few Sundays back at Patoji where they, you know, they, they came out the traps um, in a, you know, a less than optimal mood. Um, so they've got that to rectify. Um, Aberdeen had a, a smashing result at home last night, albeit a dead rubber, against a, a useful Eintracht side um, who have... Uh, had some strange results this past seven days. Um, but I think uh, certainly the, the goal by Esther Sokla, um, if they hadn't woke up, if, if the if Rangers back line hadn't woke up after shitting the, the Bojan Miofsky goal uh, three Sundays back, then if they were watching the clubs back, uh, Aberdeen's goals last night they would have that would have uh, reinforced the warning signs about Esther Sokler running for the centre circle for deep and the, the necessity for the midfield to pick or to track runners if uh, it gets a run on on the centre halves and Esther Sokler would run through and took his goal a plum, I would say because he I mean, lifted the ball of the goalkeeper effortlessly so that serves as a warning if we switch off Aberdeen are obviously capable of that. I think it was, uh, oh, forget the fellow's name, they put a lovely ball through to, through to Sokla. So they're capable of that. Um, is that then the platform for the likes of John Lundstrom to take a game with the scruff of the net? Obviously, they, they played a week in midfield last night, Aberdeen. They, they, they dropped uh, Graham Shinney and, and Jamie McGrath to the, the bench, obviously, when I own Sunday's game. So we've obviously played... Uh, the strongest team available to us last night, given the importance of your game, um, can we go in on a high uh, and take that, you know, the buzz of last night's achievement, of finishing top of the, the section um, and being the better team out of the three teams that were, that were, that were uh, guaranteed European football after Christmas, undoubtedly. So let's hope that the, the players have got the bit between their teeth and uh, they can set down a marker early and turn the tables in Aberdeen. You know, Aberdeen have, have managed to score against us early in the last few, uh, last couple of games uh, against us. So let's 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 give them a dose of their own medicine. And, and it's, as Alex said, there, it's imperative that we get our hands on this trophy. A few false starts are happening, especially against our, our opposition on Sunday. To happen back to the, the semi where uh, Mr Sadiq went through at the tail end of the game uh, and Lewis Ferguson you know bullied the centre half to, to a header to win that game these are the types of passes of play that, that a switched on Rangers side that means business this time will surely not fall foul of again so let's let's hope that, they, that they've got the, the battle fever on to use a, a well-worn Jock Wallace phrase from yesteryear and uh, we go in and we, we, we give Dolly a good shooing yeah, definitely. <laughs> now, Alex, with them, um, 20 suspended, it leaves us quite short in midfield. 
I thought Sterling showed up really well in the last couple of games that he's come on at half time and played in there. Do you think he's favourite to take that spot? Ah, yeah, I, I think so. I think it has to be. But maybe even just through sheer lack of anybody else to take it, uh, mate. I, I think I, I think he's 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 going to um, like you say he's done really well and um, quite versatile. He's come, he come on against St Mirren right towards the end of the game when the game was kind of won for Tav, and then he's come on uh, at Tynecastle for for. Uh, Got to be Turkish fella. We're going to make it very soon. Yilmaz, and then he's come on uh, midfield uh, last week uh, uh, at half time when we're done to ten men to replace the twenties. Then again last night half time, and he's done a, a, a really a really good job. Um, I liked a bit where last night where uh, Isco was on the deck. He kind of hassled and harried Isco with his five Champions League medals and his silly wee samurai top knot, and he had him on the grass. And he just the only thing that was missing when he was standing over him was just the what what. He <laughs> didn't. He didn't really rub it in, but I, I thought he was. Um, we're talking about Sterling. I, I'm just. I'm just. I'm. I'm starting to fade here, guys. But it's, I think Sterling should definitely play in the midfield beside, <laughs> beside uh, Lundstrom on Sunday, if that's what we're even talking about. <laughs> I think so, um, David. Now, obviously, we don't know the situation surrounding Todd Cantwell. We don't know if he's going to be able to play or not. There's not in a press conference today. I think the press conference is tomorrow. And um, obviously, it's only right that um, yeah, we respect Campbell's privacy, as Clement said. But if he is able to play, he could be a real key player for us, couldn't he? I definitely. Obviously, he'd be fresh, presumably. He went through the exertions of of uh, the last night's game. Obviously, the, the mental uh, toll that would have taken on the players' levels of concentration. He obviously, Todd would be fresh. Uh, you seen against uh, against Dundee uh, and St Mun, you know, the, the Todd's, you know, he's, he's coming into a better form, you know, after, you know, I would say a, a bad deserved criticism. I, I don't think he's, he's uh, leaving aside the fact that it's maybe not been his season, you know, as a, on the whole. I think he's, some of his performances were lacking and uh, Again, I, I'm reiterating what I've said previously, Brian. I think maybe the managers had a quiet word with him and said, right, you know, we need to see more from you. I'll, uh, I'll meet you halfway in terms of giving you the, the platform that you seem to, seem to want as a player. Uh, he showed glimpses of what he's capable of and, and what the, the player that, you know, a lot of the Rangers support that do rate him. Um, want to see more of you know guys like myself who are maybe a wee bit more circumspect about about uh, whether he's he's got the the necessary minerals to, to deliver on on some of the promise that he's shown and essentially dead rubbers. Sunday would be would be ample uh, opportunity and the time to, to stand up and be counted in a game that really really matters. So let's hope Todd's available first and foremost uh, leaving aside any, any personal issues he's got if he's got them let's hope that, that everything's okay uh, and that side of things but in terms of his football there's no doubt that, that a, a Todd Cantwell on song and on his game can hurt the likes of Aberdeen uh, and he, he potentially can be a match winner and can potentially make the game easier for his teammates if uh, he's, he's fit and available and he can bring uh, his A game to the party then great more power to him and, and let's hope that he, that he can play a part and can play a part which is, is meaningful uh, and, and he has a positive out, uh, sorry, impact on the outcome of the game 
Yeah, here's hoping he's available to play. Um, David, last point before we finish up. I know you don't like it when I put you on the spot, but I'm going to ask you for a score prediction. Yeah, I'll just, I'll 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 set my you know splinters on my dairy here, here both cheeks. I'll just go for a Rangers victory, Brian. Is that right. that's the face? Yeah, that's good enough for me. I take any any victory, right. any victory will do do for me. Alex, what about you? You. Um, I, you, you know I'm going to ramble. You know I'm going to ramble, Brian. I kind of do the simple, the simple. Uh, but have we had the manager's press conference yet? I don't think we've had that. I do we know about Ryan Jack? Right. No. Is there any word on Ryan Jack at all? Because obviously, uh, going back to the, the the previous question about uh, Sterling, if Ryan Jack was available, I'd have him there in the heartbeat. Because apart from anything else, he's really he's been great at Hamden uh, the past few times we've played there, and and he's just great. I just I just love him. Also. Uh, I was actually hoping Scott Wright may be fit because he's also is, I, exactly exactly two of them would be absolutely fantastic. And the last time we won a major trophy, this is only fifteenth time I've said that this this week. The last time we won a major trophy, a major cup final at Hamden, it was three days after we'd played in the Europa League uh, in Seville. But and then we're playing against that was against Eintracht Frankfurt. No, we're playing against the team that just played Eintracht Frankfurt, but we won this time. I don't know if that's going to affect things. Anyway, um, I'm I'm thinking. I'm thinking, did Majofsky, Majofsky score against us at Ibrox as well? In that 3-1 game, I, I was watching that through my fingers at the time, no, Bill's last game. Because that would mean he scored against us at Hamden, Pataudry and and Ibrox. And he scored the last two, he scored the last two times he's played at Hamden as well, Majofsky. So I, David's absolutely right. He, played, he scored against Hibs, I think, in the semi-final to get them here, didn't he? And he scored against us in the semi-final of the League Cup last year. Um, so I, we, need to, we need to watch him. But no, I think... We went to we went we went to the country that invented the term uh, muchos cojones last night, and we showed bigger balls than them. I think we've, we're going to have to go to the the team for the the Granite City and and smash them with some big orange Glasgow uh, sandstone. And I think I think uh, for nothing, be a celebration. We'll continue the buzz for last night. They know what they're dealing with with Aberdeen, and um, I'm going to go uh, for nothing, mate. The Rangers. I'll take, that all, I'll take that all day long, right, guys? We've. Uh, Anytime we started there with some talk about um, balls. Um, so I think we'll call it time for there. Um, all that's left for me to do is thank my guests. David, thanks for joining. No problem, Brian. Cheers, Alex. Cheers, everybody. David. Alex, thanks as always. Yeah, nice of you to sack me off, mate. Aye, me. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. As well as being live tonight, the show will be available on all podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and we'd ask that you leave us a rating on your preferred podcasting app. The pod will be back on Sunday evening to look back on what is hopefully a League Cup final victory. Until next time, bye for now.